Hello, I'm Olivia Sinfield and I'm a partner specialising in employment law based in the UK in OC's International Workforce Solutions sector team. And I'm joined today by my colleagues, partners, Thomas Leister, who leads the firm's Workforce Solutions sector team in Germany, and Jorgo Seris, who is a founding partner from our Amsterdam office and also specialises in Workforce Solutions. So a very warm welcome to both of you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So with the changing nature of the workplace and the myriad of different ways of working um, overlaid by the impact of COVID, this question of employment status and whether an individual is an employee, a worker or self-employed um, has across the board internationally become increasingly murky, um, especially when it comes to that worker or independent contractor toss of the coin. Now, in the UK, the situation's seen added complexities because of uh, IR35, the growth of the gig economy and a recent number of high profile cases. But I'm really interested to find out more today about the situation in Germany and the Netherlands and compare this to the state of play in the UK. So kicking off, maybe one for you, Thomas, looking at Germany first. Um, what, what, what are you seeing in terms of recent developments? And in Germany, what, what are the main criteria for establishing independent contractor status? Thank you, Olivia. Um, so in Germany, um, the main criteria um, are the dependence um, on directives regarding the work. And uh, the second criterion is um, integration into a third party's organization. That's kind of abstract. Um, I will explain it a little bit. Um, so um, independent contractors are not personally dependent in their work in contrast to employees. Um, an employee is any person working for another person in personal dependence based on a contract um, subject to private law. So um, the crucial criterion is, as I said, personal dependence on directives regarding place, time and specifics of the work performed. You have to know um, that under German law, the, um, it's, it's decisive to have proper contracts. That means um, an independent contractor contract um, should look like an independent contractor contract and should not look like an employment contract or should refer to um, words like employer, employee, employment relationship. The actual implementation of the contractual relationship is crucial. That means if um, the uh, contract deviates from the practical execution, the um, practical execution on a day-to-day -day basis will prevail. Um, so it's, it's nice to have proper contracts um, prepared by your lawyers, but at the end, um, it's decisive how you execute those contracts. The main criteria for the delimitation independent contractor employee are, as I said, the a personal dependence on directives uh, regarding place, time and specifics of the work that has to be done. Then the integration into the operation of a third party, um, the obligation to perform the work personally. Um, and that's a good um, criterion for an independent contractor. If the contractor has at least one employee supporting the contractor for this specific work and earning um, 
more than a mini job um, that was 450 euros in the past, um, then this will be a very good criterion for an independent contractor. Other um, criteria that um, need to be checked are restriction to enter into a secondary engagement, uh, entrepreneurial behavior at the market, the obligation to accept offered assignments, um, obligation to report, um, continued remuneration in case of sickness or vacation. If you compare employees um, with the independent contractor, are employees uh, taking care of the same or similar tasks, then um, this is a criterion for um, a dependent employment relationship. Overall, um, we do not have um, a, a, a given list with criteria. Um, it's not comprehensive, um, so the legal uncertainty is quite high. And what we've seen in, in the in the last was um, German authorities and courts are willing to decide that an that a, a dependent employment relationship is given um, if the work that is done by an independent contractor can also be done or is done by employees. Um, and a good example for this is the upcoming and increasing uh, working from home or working remotely. In the past, it was a good criterion if you could say the independent contractor is not working at the client's site and therefore is not part of the client's um, organization. Um, now things changed. A lot of employees have been working remotely and we've seen the first uh, decisions from German authorities that argue since German employees are working more and more from home or remotely, um, it's not a criterion for an independent contract relationship if someone is working remotely. So this is uh, a topic that has to be um, considered. Um, let's see um, what the future will bring. Thanks, Thomas. And over to you, Jorgo. Thank you, Olivia. A lot of the things that my colleague uh, Thomas said that apply for Germany also apply in the Netherlands. Uh, for example, uh, substance over form is an important principle that always applies in the Netherlands. Uh, just on top of, or in addition to what Thomas said, uh, the, ma the main criteria, the criterion, right, the most important distinguishing factor of an independent contractor compared to an employee is the absence of a relationship of authority between the contractor and its principal or client. Uh, an employee is in service of an employer. The independent contractor performs a service for the principal or, or client without having to accept instructions how to deliver the service. The, IC, the in, independent contractor must only accept reasonable instructions about the end result of the service, the what. So the, um, another distinguishing factor of an independent contractor is entrepreneurship, as my colleague Thomas already explained. Um, the employee is performing work for the employer, which is the entrepreneur, while the independent contract is the entrepreneur. Uh, this means in practice that the independent contractor most likely is registered as such 
at the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, the independent contractor might have its own website and typically sets its own prices. Uh, what is important too for an independent contractor to be a genuine independent, independent contractor is that the independent contractor has more clients than just one and performs services that the client typically does not perform in-house, at least not as its core business. Uh, also, an, ICE, an independent contractor would typically charge VAT for its services provided. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, in order to assess whether a worker is, a, is an independent contractor or an employee, all circumstances must be uh, considered. And that's not always easy and may lead to confusion. For example, it's not always easy to assess whether a worker works under continuous supervision, which would be an indication of an employment relationship, or as the case may be, the worker just accepts instructions about the end results. Uh, a handy tool to deal with these queries can be found on the website of the Dutch tax authorities. Thank you. Over to you, Olivia. Thanks very much. And uh, that's really interesting both. And uh, I'd, I'll jump on the bandwagon too and add in that from a UK perspective, like in Germany and Netherlands there, there really isn't one size fits all. And unfortunately, there there's no set of clear circumstances or specific tests that give an easy answer here. Um, essentially what the UK courts do, and it sounds uh, very similar to the approach in Germany and the Netherlands, is look at that bigger picture and take a holistic approach, uh, very much looking beyond the documents. Now, I really appreciate for our listeners that this leads to a, a really frustrating lack of clarity. Um, but saying that, there are certain criteria that we can look at and where there have been changes over uh, the last couple of months. So in the UK, most recent developments have been around two of the myriad of relevant factors that are taken into account here. First of all, in relation to personal service and the relevance of substitution clauses, and secondly, in relation to um, mutuality of obligation, both of which are factors taken into account when determining status. So just looking very briefly at both of those, um, you know, for a, for a time, substitution clauses were seen um, in the UK as very much being the golden ticket when it came to being a contractor. But our Court of Appeal towards the end of last year found that a courier could be a worker despite there being a right of substitution where that right was subject to a significant limitation. And in that case, the courier would only be released from the contract if another courier had signed up and the original courier had no, no control over whether that happened or not. So the upshot of this is if they have to perform the work themselves and don't have a genuine right to send in a substitute, um, then highly likely not to be an independent contractor. So that's the substitution point, mutuality of obligations. So this was often considered to be a key part of our worker status test um, and particularly was often cited in cases of workers performing ad hoc assignments and individual engagements. Um, However, the, the last nail in the coffin, if you like, for arguments that uh, mutuality of obligation is, is a or the key part of the worker status test was, was hammered in recently in another Court of Appeal decision here, uh, actually concerning midwives. And 
in this case, there was uh, the fact that there was no um, obligation to either offer or accept future work was found to be absolutely irrelevant to the question of status. And the court found that even individuals who uh, can cancel or withdraw without punishment or sanction after they've agreed to, to do work can still be classified as workers. So I think that gives you a flavour that our general direction of travel is, is still very much towards a finding of worker status. And to that end, there have been some completely expected decisions relating to status, such as that um, uh, concerning Uber, but saying that there's still been some really quirky decisions. So very much illustrating that there are significant shades of grey between finding uh, a finding of being a worker and an independent contractor. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode of the Global Workforce Solutions Takeaway podcast. Please join us for part two, where Olivia, Biojo and I will continue to discuss the current employment status issues in different countries for contingent workers.